said at the start tonight that our goal for the first few weeks this year is to just look at some of the promises of God that remind us that his word is sweet as honey. And tonight, we're going to take a look at the forgiveness that God offers us in Jesus. You didn't have to be with us at Picnic Point on Friday. You probably could have been many different places in Madison on Friday. But if you were at Picnic Point on Friday, you were treated to an amazing moon rise. As we were taking a look across Lake Mendota, there was this giant orange ball that started coming up. It was so big. It was such a beautiful picture. And then gradually, it moved higher, higher in the sky until it was almost over uh, the Capitol. It truly was picture-worthy to just kind of take a look at how beautiful that moon was. And I thought about that for tonight because in the, in the one verse that we're going to cover tonight, there are some picture words, I suppose you could say. Original words in the Greek that paint pictures that are hard to describe in just one or two English words. We're going to take a look at some of those words tonight as we cherish God's forgiveness for us. Here's the verse from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There's a lot of words in there that we could take a look at, but I chose four and not necessarily in the same order. And the first word I want to talk a little bit about tonight, the first picture is the picture of sin. You may have been told over the years of hearing sermons or listening to devotions, reading things that in the New Testament Greek, there are several words for sin, and they all come at sin from a little bit different angle, but sin is not a bad translation for any of them, and that's true of the word that is here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. The word is hamartia, and it literally means to miss the mark. Maybe you've heard that before. So the picture on the screen kind of describes exactly what God sees when he looks at us. So now I have to ask you a question tonight. How many of you are archers? Any archery people in here? Bow hunters, at least? We have bow hunters. We've got a couple, not too many. Okay. How many people like to play, uh, I call it bags? Maybe you call it cornhole. We've got some cornhole players in here. Okay, yeah, we got those. All right, darts. Any dart players? Some of those. Skee-ball. You know what that is, right, at the arcade, the skee-ball? All right, yeah, yeah. You know what it means to miss the mark if you've ever played any of those sports or done any of those things. There's a target that you want to hit and sometimes you come up a little bit short. Here's where the picture maybe is lost a little bit on us. The idea of missing the mark doesn't mean that, well, it's kind of okay if you don't get it all the way to the place that you're trying to go. You see, in, in I think, about bags, you can still put one on the board and score some points, right? Even if you don't put it right into the hole. In darts, you can still score points, even if it doesn't go exactly where you want it to. Skee-ball, even though the hundreds are up in the corners, you know, you can still get 20, 30, 40, 50 points, right? You can still benefit, even though you miss the mark. That's not how it works with sin. And as a matter of fact, in the verse right before our text, John writes this, If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The idea of missing the mark demonstrates exactly where we stand before God. All have sinned, same word in Romans chapter 3, and fall short of the glory of God. So John starts before he gets to sin. If we confess 
our sins. This is kind of an important word to take a moment to talk about, and this is picture number two, the idea of confession. As the word stands in the original Greek, it's homologomen, homologomen. It's kind of a weird word, but it means same speech, same words. And so the idea behind it is that you are on the same page with somebody else. And in this case, we're on the same page with God when we confess our sins. Interestingly enough, when they were deciding which books of the Bible, voting in which books of the Bible should be voted into the final canon, it was called, those books that were universally accepted, which was 57 out of the 66, were called the Humala that exact same word. They were in complete agreement. People were on the same page. I think this is so important because if you read this verse in English, it can lead to some misunderstandings. If we confess our sins. Maybe you've wondered this yourself. I, this is a question I've gotten a lot over the years. So what if? What if I die committing a sin and I don't have any chance to confess it? Does that mean that I automatically won't be saved? Do you see what that does? Do you see how that puts our forgiveness as a contingency of my confession? And ultimately what it boils down to is something that I do in order to be saved. And the point of this passage isn't that we earn forgiveness by confessing our sins, but that we're in agreement with God that we fall short of his glory. We're on the same page with God when we recognize we don't measure up to his holiness. And it's then that God comes with his forgiveness. You see, forgiveness has nothing to do with me because that's already been accomplished by our Savior, Jesus. And that leads to the next picture. Picture number three, God is faithful. The Greek word for faithful is pistis, and it simply means that concept, maybe a translation that that we can relate to is the concept of being reliable. Do you have someone that you could describe as reliable in your life or something? Maybe you have a car that always starts every time on the first, you know, nice old car that's been around for a while. Maybe it's a friend that you can count on. I'm told that one of the most reliable things in our world are the tides. People can actually predict tides right down to the minute. And the tides are so reliable that they follow the same pattern over and over and over again. Every time I go to Florida, I'm always amazed at how on, have you seen these? When you go to the beach, they have the little chalkboards and they write the exact time of high tide and low tide. And it's right every single time. They know right down to the minute when that's going to happen. That's our God. That's the reliable, faithful God. The writer of the Hebrews said it this way, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what God says in his word, what God promises to you and me, we can fully rely on because God is faithful. I wanted to share those three pictures because they lead up to the best picture of all of the words in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And that's the picture for forgiveness. The word for forgiveness in the original Greek is aphiemi, and it means to send away. And that's literally what God does with our sins. Here's where the picture came from, and maybe you can even remember this. 
It comes from the Old Testament celebration of the Day of Atonement. If you want to read that, about that this week, Yom Kippur, you can read about it in Leviticus chapter 16. There were a lot of things that went on that day, that requirements of the high priest who was going to go into the most holy place and sprinkle blood in front of and on the cover of the Ark of the Covenant. But one of the prominent features was two goats that were selected for that day. And then lots were cast, and one of the goats would be sacrificed, and the blood would be used in the most holy place on the Ark of the Covenant. And the other goat became the scapegoat. And Leviticus chapter 16 describes how Aaron, on that first day of atonement, laid his hands on that goat and confessed the sins of wickedness and rebellion of the people of Israel. And then that goat was taken far out into the wilderness, literally sent away with all of the sins of the people on it, never to be seen again. That's God's picture of the forgiveness that he has for you and me. That he literally sent our sins away by putting them on Jesus, the Lamb of God, who took them to the cross and God literally pushes them far away, never to bother us again. They're washed clean. We're washed clean, forgiven in the blood of Jesus. This is the picture the psalmist picks up on in Psalm 103 when he wrote this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It's hard to even fathom, isn't it? East and west are complete opposites. But that's what God has done, sending away our sins. A beautiful word, forgiveness. A beautiful picture in that word. And a great comfort for us to know that in our Savior Jesus, our sins are sent away and gone forever. A couple of quick takeaways from our message tonight. Number one, confessing our sins can't earn forgiveness because forgiveness is found in Jesus. That's our hope. That's at the heart of what we believe. When we're on the same page with God, we know that we can't forgive ourselves or find that forgiveness inside of us but it turns us to the cross of Jesus where we know it's been earned for us. And then number two, God assures us that our sins have been sent away forever. They are gone, washed clean in the blood of our Savior, Jesus. A Christian author named Corey Tenboom painted a pretty striking picture of this same concept of God sending away sins when she wrote this beautiful picture. She said, God takes our sin, and drowns it in the depths of the sea. And then he puts up a sign that says, no fishing allowed. That's really what the concept of sending away sin is, isn't it? When the devil comes and tries to make you feel guilty, when he tries to bring sin back to you in your mind and in your heart, when the guilt and shame of that sin follows you, that's when you can remember what Jesus has done. That he's sent away your sin forever. That in the forgiveness that Jesus has won for you, not only do you have that peace, but it's won for you with forgiveness and eternal life with your Lord forever. Yeah, forgiveness. It's a beautiful picture in Scripture. 
And it's why God's word to us is sweet as honey. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great reminder you have given us in your word again tonight that we are forgiven, that you have truly sent away our sins, that they are completely gone, and that the shame and the guilt that follow those sins has been taken away by Jesus as well. Assure us of that forgiveness, Lord. When we feel down, when those sins keep coming back again and again, remind us that on the cross of Jesus, you have sent our sins away forever. We pray that you continue to watch over our students, help them in all the things that they face, the pressures of, of school, all the pressures that come from others as well. Give them the calm assurance, Lord, that you never leave them or forsake them, and that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Guide them and bless them in their days and, and the weeks ahead, and give them confidence that you, Lord, have marked out a plan for them, and that you are guiding them ultimately to the home they have with you in heaven. We pray all these things in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen.